and welcome to Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast with your host, Buddy Satello Esquire, Mike Leno, and Evan Ginsberg is here, but we have another special guest for tonight, all talking things WrestleMania and everything in between, Ryan Bowman with, uh, it's right, is Pinned your company now, the name of Yes, I, I run a marketing firm called Pin Media and Marketing, which is specializing on the pro wrestling side of things. And I am now the editor-in-chief at RealWrestling.net over in oh, the Oh, yes. UK. Wonderful. Left that's, the old place fantastic. and started started with them in January and loving it. Loving things there and just um, still going strong, excited about WrestleMania, and, of course, always excited to talk to you guys. Great. Thank you for being here tonight. So um, uh, uh, I guess the big thing that's on everybody's mind is you know the, the the Super Bowl of wrestling, WrestleMania, which is coming like a, a freight train or or maybe a a, a pigeon with a a, a twenty pound uh, weight on its back. What do you guys think of the uh, card and 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 the the preface? Let for, me say for- something because I'm in Los Angeles. It's not just WWE stuff. This is pretty much everybody other than Tony Khan and AEW. I'm not sure if Billy Corgan's NWA are coming in, but everybody on earth is coming in from a company-wise thing. I mean, there's the high spots, not just Russell Khan, that's got Mercedes Monet and literally everybody there for signings, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but he's putting on a Russell Khan super show. I mean, everybody's there. I, Gabby Lespisa, if anybody knows her from Busted Open, long time on air for five years, a producer. I, she was let go when Sirius XM was inadvertently just letting like 465 people go from all departments. And, and you know, the, they were horrified at busted open all those people at that radio show that she was let go. But I bugged Mike Bucci who owns high spots and puts on WrestleCon every year. And he gave, who's kind enough to give her a, a vendor table. So instead of just staying at home, she's going to come out and network. Literally everybody is there. There's Multiverse, you know, the, the show with New Japan and Impact. Uh, GCW has several shows. Evan, you know this because you, you, but it's almost every hour from about Wednesday on, there's like two to three events. And mm-hmm. back when I went, you know, I went to wrestling, uh, WWE's Hall of Fame. And then after that was uh, the WrestleCon Super Show. And then after that was, uh, Cold Cabana podcast show with a bunch of guests, and at three in the morning went to Chikara. So that was and during the day. You go to WWE's, you know, uh, fan fest thing, the convention where they'll have uh, NXT matches and and all the latest merch you can't see anywhere else. So it, it's way more than WWE. It's it's almost exhausting because WWE alone has ten press events like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, not in including all the other junk going on. So I don't know if Ryan or Ev, uh, you guys have been to one of these things, you know, every year more and more companies come in. It's it's kind of insane to try to do everything. And then there's all the parties, the Kevin mm-hmm. Nash party, you know, until his Sunday, he's not having it this year, but there's all these kind of private parties, cool events. I've worked uh, multiple um, WrestleMania weekends as an agent bringing in, Tito Santana and Paul Orndorff and Greg Valentine and guys like that. And, um, yeah, it's pretty exhausting. And um, it's a good opportunity to network and make money. And <laughs> But I, I don't know if it's, quote, unquote, fun. <laughs> By the time you stagger home after running yourself ragged for uh, several days, you know, continually, uh you know, it's 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 work. Um, you know, if you're a wealthy fanboy that has thousands of dollars for a WrestleMania ticket, it might be a different experience. But you know, on the business end of things, if you try, you know, we were trying to promote 350 days. We're trying to make money as agents. With you know, just running from show to show to show, you run yourself ragged. And, uh, you know, I'm not 23. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a middle-aged guy. So it's uh, it's a hustle. It's a hustle. Well, WWE tries really hard to make it their Super Bowl. And they look at what happens at the Super Bowl and they say, we want that, you know, and how the Super Bowl is, you know, a multi-day event. Well, you know? fans determined they, they were getting burned out by having a seven, eight-hour WrestleMania. I think the Jersey one, Ryan may be able to speak to that, or Evan definitely, 
where it went till like 1.30 in the morning or something. That's when they went to two days. So it was more fan demand and complaints about too long and all the filler and all of that stuff. So now, you know, they followed and New Japan started with the two day Wrestle Kingdom. They followed that model and it's been obviously more successful fiscally and uh, easier on the fans and, and the wrestlers, you know, hopefully everybody gets uh, a decent payday out of it. And and then, of course, what will follow after WrestleMania are all the, well, we don't know, the cutbacks. It's always been an annual thing, but uh, uh, that's a topic right there. Did you guys very quickly think there's going to be a bunch of cutbacks? We don't know if Vince is now sharing the book with Triple H or really, truly what's going on. Uh, Ryan, maybe you can speak on all of that. Well, I was going back to the multi-events thing. I noticed that a few years ago around like the New Orleans, uh, I think maybe 2017, 2018. I don't remember the exact year, but where these kind of satellite shows around the big show. But but that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, why wouldn't you? It, it is basically the Mardi Gras, the Super Bowl, all of that in pro, uh, for pro wrestling rolled up into one. I mean, it makes so, n- no sense for WWE to be the only one who gets the whole pie. You know, you already have a lot of tourists, a lot of people there. It's already it's it's Lollapalooza, it's Woodstock. You know they're there to spend money, so why wouldn't these other companies take advantage of it? Why wouldn't they be able to? Really, it's they're just kind of like skimming off the top, kind of. But that's why WWE told hotels, uh, particularly the Santa Clara one, San Jose in 2015 that uh, I was at. I don't remember if Russ was at there, but they started. Uh, putting in place to venues and hotels that the WrestleCons, the Ring of Honor shows and Ring of Honor was still really going strong. They, they were like further away. They couldn't just be on the same, you know, vicinity as all the WWE, their venue for, you know, the access and the daytime uh, NXT shows, et cetera, et cetera. And, and their venues for the evening stuff where they were. So they started doing pushback to push make it a little harder on those uh, all of the other folks coming in to capitalize on the fact that wrestling fans the wealthy fanboys as evan said from all over the world come in for this thing and that's kind of what it is in la and if anybody the, the thing we laugh about here anybody that knows inglewood the stadium's beautiful sofi stadium highest tech like the one the raiders have now in vegas but the area which I used to go to in the 60s, 70s for Lakers and Kings games at the Forum that's right across the street from SoFi, owned by the same complex. The stadium's beautiful, but the area is like a tenderloin. It is so dangerous. I'm I'm warning all, you know, women like Gabby, for example, and Thunder Rosa, make sure you ask for a SoFi stadium. You go to WrestleMania and you get out at night, like midnight, ask for a security guard or two to walk you to your trans, whatever your trans is. The area is super dangerous, scary, drug deals, the works. I mean, Evan- Sounds you, great. It's like Watts. Well, how did they find a place that was cheap enough to be able to build a stadium that big? The only that place in Los Angeles- Exactly, Russ. You're not gonna build it in the middle of Beverly Hills. No, the land is cheap there, but it is a good hour and a half from Hollywood. So it has nothing to do with Hollywood. I, you know, if they said WrestleMania goes to Inglewood, okay, I get it. Uh, but, you know, it, tons, it's very diverse ethnically, but a lot of crime and a lot of poverty. Look, WrestleMania 2 was at the L.A. Sports Coliseum. In, uh, in the, arena, sports arena in downtown L.A. Yeah, the sports yeah. arena. And that was no picnic either. That was... That part of downtown was nothing to. to well, that is now where Chase Center is right across the street from where they bulldoze the LA Sports Arena. Uh, the Chase, well, that's not called Chase. It's called the Crypto Arena, where they're having. For now. No, not for now. That's where they're having SmackDown. That's where they're having Raw. That's where. No, I'm saying it's called Crypto leave. Arena for now, but you might check in, in, in a couple no, of hours from now. You might change it to something else. Anyway, that is in you know downtown LA, just a mile or two from where the Olympic Auditorium was. And that was totally super dangerous too when you get out there. Knifings and, and but back to SoFi very quickly, it's like all the stadiums, uh, like they have had fan on fan violence, you know, the drunken things, somebody was pushed over a railing. So not as bad as the poor guy that became paralyzed and died, I think as a result of the attack at the Dodger Stadium. 
one. But SoFi, since opening, it just opened uh, like a year and a half ago, they've had quite a bit of violence at the stadium, not just the, which is, again, gorgeous stadium. It's incredible. You know, Taylor. Speaking, speaking of paralyzed, all the fans that got two grand to uh, buy a WrestleMania ticket, throw two bucks into the GoFundMe for Jim Phillips for pro wrestling from pro wrestling stories. A great historian. The poor guy's been in the hospital over two months, two surgeries, and uh, the poor guy's paralyzed. You know, you know, it's amazing how much money wrestling fans burn through, but uh, GoFundMe, they break into a cold sweat, a lot of them. Evan, can you tell people a quick bio on, on Jim? Did He's been on the show. Jim's yeah, Jim, uh, Jim's been writing. He, he wrote for uh, Gorilla Position, and uh, yeah, you know, Brian knows him, obviously. And, and uh, Jim, his first job as a writer, actually. Yeah. Years ago, and then he took it and just ran with it, you know, and, yeah. and you know, doing forwards and books and working with a lot of legends. I mean, he's just he's a terrific writer and historian, and it's a shame to see him. I reached out to him and messaged him the other day. It's a shame to see him going through all this because he's a great guy. He's one of the few people's I know, uh, people that I know in the wrestling business have been to my house, you know, met my family, hung out and stuff. We're from the same area. He's from southern Illinois, just like me. So, you know, great guy. Uh, I hate to see him going through all these things. He stayed by me in New York. We're, we're close friends, He's, you know, and, uh, you know, guy's walking one day and he's paralyzed the next day. And uh, he's been hospitalized over two months. And, you know, uh, I find it amazing. You know, you could fill a stadium two nights in a row, but to get 100 people to throw a buck in a till, it, it's like pulling teeth. So, uh, you know, being a being a wrestling fan isn't about making corporations richer. It's being part of a community. Help, yep. this, help this guy, seriously. Now, so let's call it the wrestling culture. You know, we're all part of it. If, if you can embrace it or you can or you can kind of, you know, take a leak on it, for lack of a better term. I won't curse on this show. But, you know, I mean, you look at it, and, and I think one of the reasons we're probably talking so fondly about Jim is, like a lot of people that you meet in the wrestling business, there there were some of the people that you can't help but smile when you see them or when you're around them. And and I think that's the one thing that, out of out of everything that I've taken out of pro wrestling, that's that's the greatest, the joy that I get out of it is is the greatest part to me it's it's not about big shows or little shows or money or anything it's about the joy in the people you know it's like it's like peanut butter falcon it's the 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 whole you know message that comes across with you know the is why why everyone had that common denominator for liking pro wrestling you know and it linked all those people of such diverse backgrounds together and it does at least in the right way when it's doing things the right way wrestling wrestling when done well is an incredible art form when you see a uh, kenny omega against the will osprey uh or whatnot i mean it's an incredible art form and people appreciate art no matter what it is i mean you know i could go sit at a ballet or an opera also you know it's great is great so uh, I've met some of the greatest people, you know, you guys are all my friends. I've met some of my favorite people in the world through wrestling. And then I've met promoters and agents I wouldn't spit on if they were on fire. It is what it is. It's a strange business. Very, very quickly, two things. Evan, your background, believe it or not, I know you put a fan up there, but that looks exactly like what we used to shoot backstage, the checkerboards or the squares, the rectangles at the Mid-South Coliseum. You know, we'd ask Lawler or Dutch Mantel, et cetera, to pose. And Ryan, Ryan's background is, I know that's, tell us about that belt hanging on the wall behind you. Oh, that's the uh, AEW world title. I, I Once I saw the AEW championship, I thought, that is one of the most beautiful title belts I've ever seen. Now, I have another belt. Uh, there's a young man that I, I call him my stepson. He's kind of a protege of mine in wrestling, a young guy who's training right now. He has The only other belt I own is the IWGP title that uh, Okada had. Not the, the current version, but the the old the last version of it. Those two were side by side up on the wall. But um, my, my young friend is... Um, He's he's learning the ropes right now, so I gave him the belt to carry around with him, you know, kind of as for encouragement. He was kind of obsessed with it when he, he first visited my office, and I thought, well, you know what? Why don't you take that with you and you bring it back to me when, you, when you're when nice. you a big success? So, you know, I, I always try to – and again, you know, I, I that's kind of what 
what um, Evan was talking about, you know, like the reason I wanted to do pen was not to get rich, but it was to protect a lot of, you know, I don't, I'm not an agent, but acting as a publicist and working on their behalf in marketing, I can also kind of give them some advice because as you guys know, we all have crossed paths with um, promoters in the past that you would recommend and promoters that you would not want to even mention their name if you didn't have to, you know? So, um, you know, I, I kind of feel like, I, I guess now I'm, I'm, getting close to 50 and I, and I, some of the guys now that I cover and I, I've gotten to know they're young enough to be my son. You know, there's a lot of kids out there that are starting that I feel like, you know, it's kind of my duty to look out for them. You know, that sounds silly. I, nobody elected me to that position, but I just kind of feel like it's my responsibility. Oh my gosh. They're almost 50. Wow. They, you know, and most of these shows I go on, I'm the old guy. I'll be honest with you. I go on in there. Yeah, like, you're the young guy. 28. Yes. Yeah. I'm the old guy here. Ryan, very quickly, Evan was a, a godsend, a big help to me when I threw my Sam Munchnik tribute weekend, a three-day convention. Fez was my lead MC, but I also had Ernie Ladd and uh, just a jillion people there. Al Costello, Rip Hawk, Ivan Koloff. Backland. Uh, yeah, Backland and DiBiase and Killer Kowalski and on and on. But um, there was... It was kind of nice to see. I, I took like 14 months to plan that out. I was constantly flying back and forth to St. Louis from California. Again, Keel Auditorium and, and Sam Munchley was always gracious to me, you know, allowing me in his office. It was not quite Paul Bosch's museum office, but it was a museum of stuff. But all of the independent promotions in the surrounding area, uh, also Kansas, the state, Kansas City, there was indie group several in Illinois that abuts and, uh, you know, they kind of go across the border into Missouri. But Butch Fletcher was another guy there. I don't know if that name means anything to you if you're in Missouri right now, but he was a worker, ref, promoter. He did a lot of good people. Obviously, Herb Simmons is the king now that we lost Larry Madison and also Pat O'Connor. But um, tell us what the indie scene is like there. And then I want to you talk about the Omega. You guys and Evan were talking about the Omega match. But the match that we had with Omega and uh, El Hijo de Vikingo last Wednesday, I've seen, you know, and shot photograph ringside in Mexico and stuff. And, and some people saw him in Impact. Uh, this guy's out of this world. That match that people great. are calling match great. of the year. It was incredible. But what's going on before we hit that topic, uh, which is the major news of the week, other than CM Punk's mouth and his postings, um, What's going on with the indie scene in Missouri and the surrounding area? Because it was always pretty strong. Well, St. Louis is still Herb. I mean, he's still, I, I call him Uncle Herb. And, you know, his daughter and I are very close friends. I've known them for many years since I was a young man. Uh, their family's outstanding. And Herb's one of those guys that's going to do things the right way. He's just going to, he's a traditional guy. He does things like Sam. You know, uh, not more go than show is the, the way I would put it. Then here in Southern Illinois, locally, we have a uh, just a tremendous, tremendous local uh, promotion called Stride Pro Wrestling that I've actually done some ring announcing for, filled in before in the past. Um, I'm not affiliated with them, but I do know everybody with the company. And, and I will tell you, in Southern Illinois, to be able to do what they've done, I, I mean, they th this is a company that runs out of a town with 2,000 people. They put close to 1,000 people in a gym one time. I mean, it was like 800 people at the local gym. I mean, that's unheard of, you know, for an indie show in an area like this, but they're so ingrained into the community. And here's the thing too, they do it the right way. They do a lot of charity work with the schools, the sports teams, things like that. And and they're a part of the community. They've made pro wrestling as much a part of the community as local sports teams or businesses, you know? Uh, so it is possible. You know, and I think that's the one thing that I've noticed. And being in the Midwest, we do have a lot of swaths of open land here. I mean, a lot of towns with a thousand people, five thousand people. For you know, you have to get pretty creative, and you have to, you, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of discount wrestling, a little bargain basement work, you know, around here. But at the same time, this area has always produced a lot of talent. It's always put on great shows. Herb continues that same tradition. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with South Broadway Athletic Club, the legendary South Broadway in downtown St. Louis. You know, that's that's where a lot of guys cut their teeth. I mean, hey, hey, we produced Randy Orton, so we kind of know what we're doing in the Gateway City in the, this area, you know. So, man, Bob, uh, by the way, is still involved in the area. He's involved with Herb's company, um, and he will be part of the St. Louis Wrestling Hall of Fame events in May. 
um, which is at the Aviator Hotel in St. Louis. And Herb's going to be so mad at me that I forgot the date. And it's, I think it's the 15th, but you can look it up. St. Louis Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in May at the Aviator Hotel. So, well, is the Hall of Fame is it a physical Hall of Fame, if a real true physical one? You know what? I don't know if there is a building or not. I've never been to the dinner before. This is the first year that I'll be. I've, I've been all over the country for so many years. I'm never home when when anything. So the lat, finally moving back home and buying a house here, I'm able to kind of reconnect with everybody in the area. So this will be my first time going to the Hall of Fame at all. But I know that they're honoring. I, I, I mean, I, I, I know that they just had Tony Atlas and um, and JBL is supposed to be here, I believe. I know Jerry Briscoe is involved. I, I the best thing I could tell everybody is just to go to um, the MMWA uh, website or the Facebook page and, or just Google St. Louis Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame because I won't do it justice if I describe it. I'll leave out names and everything else. And and um, Herb is, you know, again, he's just he's dedicated to preserving the legacy of uh, it really of preserving Sam's legacy. I think that was very important to him and Larry. I I was very lucky to get to be close to Larry before he passed. I wrote a eulogy for him when when he died, and and um, I, I had a lot of great deal of respect for Larry, a great deal of respect, and somebody who had a very hard life physically at the end, and still was still going to shows and still going out and meeting people, and and um, you know just a, a a tremendous person. It was an honor to know him. Do you recall how long the battle? With, the, with Pat O'Connor lasted because Sam retires, big show, WWF sent in people, all the former surviving NWA champions. I was at that thing. There was Thez, both from mm-hmm. Jack Briscoe, um, Gene Kanitsky. You know, we posed them all in the back together and then they came down the ramp and Pat O'Connor walked them down with Jerry Briscoe and stuff so the fans could all see them. But then Pat O'Connor, who was already part of the office via Geigel and, and Munchnik, he takes over the St. Louis Wrestling Club, but Larry Matisik uh, started promoting and promoting far more successfully than him, bringing in guys like everyone from Brody to both Pafos. You know, Randy was doing a lot of main events. I don't think he ever worked with Brody, unfortunately, but he had like a, a lot of the Sam Munchnik goodwill. They went with Larry, almost outlaw promoting against Pat O'Connor taking over and and then eventually I forget the time scenario how long that little territory war was a big territory war went on but then Larry took the job as local agent etc for Vince for WWF he worked for him for x number of years six seven years maybe less I forget do you recall that uh, what was going on at that book yeah, the I've I, I just I realized I had this nail. This is Larry's book, Wrestling at the Chase. Um, this is actually his first book from many years ago. Um, it, I believe eighty was the year that Sam retired. Um, I think that was right, nineteen eighty. And I believe about eighty four is when Larry, maybe late eighty three, is when Larry decided to go to with Vince, and that was with Sam's blessing. That was he called up Sam, and Sam said, and it's actually in Larry's book. He says. To Sam, you know, I, I don't know which direction to go. And Sam said, I think you better go with Vince. So it was kind of one of those things, I think, that uh, Sam kind of knew where things were headed. And he was protecting Larry at that point. I mean, Larry was kind of like a son to Sam. They, they were very, very close. And I know, um, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't old enough. I met Sam as a very, very young guy, but I wasn't old enough to really, you know, appreciate it or get to know him well enough. Like I would now, you know, now I just want to sit down and listen to him talk for for hours on end. But, um, yeah, I, my closest connection to Sam would have been through Larry. And um, like I said, I still got his book that he gave me and um, I keep it and Bill's book, Bill After's book, pretty much side by side here in my office. They're two of my Bibles I go by. Last thing on Sam is is that guy had the cred because the promotion he put on didn't have any Tom Fuller. It was the most athletic next to Eddie Graham's Florida. But Sam being a baseball writer initially, yeah. everybody in St. Louis, I mean, all of the baseball people, if you remember at the our convention, all these baseball, you know, all of the, the big wigs that were still surviving came in. And that's why all the boys trans themselves in. I didn't have to put up a dime. They all put themselves up at the hotel. They paid for the banquets. And uh, they're trans there because not because of me or anything, but because of Sam and Sam. Yeah. Tremendous respect. I've never seen any 
wrestling promoter from the legitimate sports world. And it, was, it wasn't limited to baseball, which was Sam's niche, but all of the other, uh, you know, sports entities in, in that, that part of town. And very last thing. Besides, oh, I was just going to say, the odd thing is I was a sports reporter in St. Louis, just like Sam, before I got in the wrestling business. So that was, I had the connection through sports. That opened a lot of doors with me with wrestling. I'll be honest with you. I mean, because you already had the credibility of, of being working with a newspaper, you know, and everybody in wrestling wants free publicity. So why wouldn't they cozy up to the media guy? You know, and that's. Then, what were you covering at that time? I was covering Major League Baseball and the NFL. And then, of course, you know, we lost our team in St. Louis. They went back out to L.A. You know, but you guys took them. Georgia Frontieri brought them to St. Mm-hmm. Louis, which was weird. L.A. really resented her and thought she was a nut job. And then the team came back, which wasn't fair to St. Louis. Uh, and we hate Kroenke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we hate Kroenke. He's probably the most hated person in sports in St. Louis, maybe ever. And the, the card, what was the deal with the cards? So St. Louis cards went to Arizona, right? Yeah, we lost two football teams. So <laughs> what, what, who, is there an NFL team in the works for St. Louis now? Probably not. They sued the league and got almost a billion dollars from the league for the Rams moving you know, the way they did it. And so I don't think they're really, uh, I know this is a wrestling show, So, but I now I, I also still cover the NFL. So this is kind of like weird. We're delving off into that. But um. No, I don't think they're really um, on the good boy list with the league as far as if it came down to it, you know, that billion dollars is going to sting when it comes time to decide who the next city is that gets an NFL team. So you're in the back of the line, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't um, slap the guy in the face and then he wants to still go out with you, I guess. This is kind of the bottom line. And they kind of slapped the NFL in the face. But, you know, they got messed over. They wanted to get revenge and. Now it'll probably be 20 more. I'll probably be dead before there's another team here speaking, in St. Louis for me to cover. Speaking of financial deals, what do you guys think is going to wind up happening with the WWE? Do you think it is going to wind up being sold to Saudi Arabia? Or is Vince just, you know, trying to buff it, you know, uh, buy it back himself and take it delisted off the stock exchange? Or is it just going to be business as, as usual, if anything, well, the, the, word the WWE is, is usual? Three to six months. That's why Vince is now wedged his way allegedly back into creative and is been pushing i i you know we heard like before the end of last year that the company was supposed to be sold in three uh so who knows if it's be the saudis if it's going to be nbc universal comcast which would be the most logical to keep it here but the saudis have the most money um I don't know. Ryan, what do you think lately, you know, because when Triple H took over the first five months of it, I was fast forwarding far less, you know, where I don't fast forward through a second of AEW, for example. Uh, I I was not fast forwarding much at all because Hunter, you know, brought in all the great NXT talent and, and people that were let go. Things made, you know, a little more sense, not uh but it was far better but now you know there could be hits and misses there could be raws where you're scratching your head the last three four or five weeks what was yeah. the question yes well, the question is, what do you think is going to happen with the WWE? and has the shift gone back the other way since you had the momentum from uh triple h i heard rumors that lawyer russell jackman was going to purchase wwe and I'd also like to point out that Ryan, when he has the pipe, looks like a double for you, Hefner. Am I yeah, right? Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. That's a good, except without the, uh, without the pajamas. You actually you, look you, like you, Hefner, with that pipe. What, what's, in the pipe? what's in the pipe? What's in the pipe is a big question, though. Yeah. Newminster 17 tobacco. Yes. Yeah. What a waste. <laughs> no, the other is for later this evening when it's the night. There you go. Hey, we've got the same thing you guys got in California, so we, we, we're we legal here. We're all legal. We've, we can just go to the store and make a purchase if we need to. But no, I actually, I, I, my dad smoked a pipe for years, and now I'm getting older, and I'm like, eh, kind of like that. And I, I don't smoke cigarettes or, or really, I don't have any other vices, so I figured I needed to find a new way to die. So there I you go. got pipe smoking, you know. <laughs> to answer the question, um, I think... You always have to go to who the person is. And Vince, at heart, being a disgusting greed monger, I think he's just going to take the biggest, 
amount of money he could get, and I don't think it matters morally or whatnot who it is. Whoever offers the biggest amount of money, he's going to grab it and, and, and sail off into the sunset or whatnot with well, the golden parachute. Who offer the most amount of money? Who do you think is going to offer the most? The Saudis? Saudis well, think bro. about it like this, too. The Saudis can not only pay the most money, they can also offer up a harem of girls for him. So, I mean, that's that's right up Vince's alley. So, you know, they're the front runner, in my mind, right off the no, bat. No, me too, in, in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, but, but the I big would love it to be NBC. I'd love it to be Universal, but... Yeah, that yeah. makes the most sense. But the, the big problem is quite a few wrestlers from Sami Zayn to AJ Styles, you know, refused to go over even Kevin Steen on those Saudi shows. You know, they were standing up well, those, for those guys. Those guys are in their 40s now, so they wouldn't be the priority. Vince is going to get as much money as he can. Right. The, the, the dynamics would just change and either they would have to eat crow or go to Tony Khan. Um and can can AEW withstand like um, another you know mass exodus of WWE people coming to their Fed? I mean, they already are kind of packed to the gills with talent and are having trouble finding good booking for all the talent they have there in the first place. I think well, it's I don't, you don't see it here. The Ring of Honor guys when they're relegated, like Colt Cabana, they're hardly in the last month. AWTV has has barely done any ads at all for the the Ring of Honor Honor Club or the shows. It's it's very quiet, so it's kind of troubling. You know, I want to point out too that everybody talks about the Saudi purchase. Like, you know, well, these wrestlers won't go wrestle over there. But let's be honest, how many shows are they going to do in Saudi Arabia in a year anyway? They can own the company and not and still stage the shows and have sure, their offices. Of course. You know, so I mean, I I don't know if that'll be as big of a conflict as maybe it's been. Right. But they yeah. were vocal about working for a company owned by the Saudis, whether right. they go there for the two shows a year or not. It's it's having them as as mm -hmm. their us that regime, you know, that they dislike. And, and many people feel the same way. And, you know, that was all the brouhaha with the, the golf associate or the golf thing started there. And the. Yeah, yeah the, the golfers that like were le leaving the. Uh, Americanized Pro Wrestling Golf Association uh, to take that, and, and they were getting shit for it. Um, you know, the, the number two guy in golf, he's uh, uh, he was just right behind for years and years, Tiger Woods. Uh, he got a, quite a bit of backlash and backflow from uh, agreeing to that and, and, you know, doing all those Saudi golf tournaments and stuff. So money's no object. So, yeah, if somebody's going to do it, Russ, I think yeah they have the most money, but my heart would be with NBC Universal dating back to the Dick uh, uh, Ebersol Saturday Night Live main event days of the '80s and his partnership with Vince and long friendship with Vince until X amount of years. By the way, I don't think they speak anymore. Did you guys hear about um, not to change the subject, but to change the subject? <laughs> Did you guys hear on an indie show last night? Guy pulls out a hypodermic needle and stabs the other guy in the Johnson. This really happened. This in really the, happened. Not in the butt, but in the, the front? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, hardcore, hardcore match. That's hardcore, all right. What's that? That's hardcore, all right. Yeah, I'm not making this up. It's all over the internet. It happened on a Jersey Indy, a hardcore match, yeah. There are those magic... Fake needles. They do have the ones that. Oh, no, they said this was real. They said it was but a real needle. That was really done as a legit thing. It wasn't a war. It wasn't a, a a work. Wow, that's you know makes you long for the days of fluorescent light bulbs being smashed over your head and being body slammed on thumbtacks. Russ, Russ, you being an attorney, I smell a lawsuit like the uh, guy that sued Abby, who's been on our the show. Evans brought him. Yeah, lawsuit, but who these independent wrestlers? Have absolutely not, you know, they don't have a pot to piss in. They don't, they, the, most of them are living out of their cars. I think you, know, the two what you guys probably agreed to it if they did it. Yeah, it's assumed risk. And unfortunately, you know, you're, you're, who are you going to sue for that? You're going to sue the promoter? The promoter doesn't have that much money. I think they probably enjoyed it if they agreed to it. 
You know, there's I'll that. tell you guys a true story without naming names. Two indie guys were huddled together, and the guy, one guy goes to the other guy, listen, shoot me, but just graze me in the arm, okay? Shoot me, for real, but graze me in the arm. So they're, they're really seriously contemplating this, and the promoter's like, what are you, insane? You could kill a fan? What are you talking about? We're going to shoot? They literally? Yeah, like just, just, just a little graze over yeah, here. A literal the... shoot. A shoot. That's... literal shoot. Yeah, they, yeah. They've watched the A-team a little bit too much. I couldn't make this stuff up, man. I'm like, you know. Uh, I was supposed to work a show. I'm not going to name the company because they don't deserve it. But uh, and I don't even know if they're still in business. But it was um, down south, and and they had gotten into the hardcore stuff. This was years ago. I mean, early 2000s, and they wanted me to come and do some more ring announcing, which was fine. I was going to go do it. So, well, what's what's going on in the main event? Oh, we're going to have a, a pool of leeches match. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not coming. Well, I'm not going to be on a show where there's they were going to have a kiddie pool in the middle, like a kiddie pool, like you would buy at Walmart, fill it with water and leeches. And and by God, they've had those matches more than I've seen them in other companies. But yeah, I'm, they, not, I'm not, not going to be on that show. Piranhas. Same thing, a kiddie pool with alleged piranhas in there, you know, when they were doing all the light bulb and all the insane. That was the Rob Black porn and wrestling promotion. Oh, Google it later, guys. You'll see. I'm not making this up. Wait, let's go to the like, Kingo match and see what Evan, what the three of you guys think of that, because I, I think Evan agreed yeah. with Yeah, let me, let me briefly mention that. Okay. For all the geniuses who do the, oh, they're just spot monkeys. That was such a great match. And if you don't appreciate it, it's casting pearls to swine. I'm sorry. That was a tremendous, tremendous match. As was, as was Osprey and Okada, all three matches. Oh. Excuse me, Omega and Okada, all three matches. Omega and Osprey. The fact that you don't appreciate it doesn't mean it's it's not great. You know, wrestling evolves. It, it's not 19, uh, you know, 72 and you're in an eight-minute headlock. I mean, you know, if appreciate artists creating art and taking something to the next level. And, and I'm an old school fan. I'm a jaded old school fan saying this, but that match was tremendous. And that was even with the picture in picture and the 17 commercials, it was still tremendous. So that's saying something. I love that. Russ, did you see it? Or, uh, or Ryan? Oh, I was gonna say, I would just say, I, I, as I wrote about the match, you know, if you don't know the name, now you know. I mean, because we hear all the time these so-called experts and these salty old dogs that are saying, well, they just bring these guys in, these indie guys and these guys from other countries, and they just throw them on you. And maybe that's true to a certain point. But every now and then, you get that lightning like they got went by bringing in Bikini. That special feature match that time really turned out to be special. And, no, and honestly, not, uh, no one could watch that and not be entertained. I don't know how you could watch that and not be entertained. When, when Impact went and had those tours in Mexico, he was on some of the, the cards when they went down there. And on the California TV, particularly in L.A., the Hispanic channels, when they show the triple manias, he's always in the main events. Uh, six mans are defending the title. And he's had. So what the deal is, is the reason Omega went over is they're showing it on their TV and he's going to be going back down to Japan to feud and then do the favor to Vikingo, whose dad was a total legend, Luchador. And, and so they'll be feuding. So that's to create interest there. You know, a lot of people were wondering, geez, why couldn't he put him over at AEW? Yeah, we all wish that would have happened. But the bigger picture, he may not come back too much. You know, who knows? Because sometimes these guys will come in like uh, that lead guy from uh, GCW. What's that guy's name? Just for the one match with Jericho. And that was all you saw of him. It was a dream match. Yeah. Uh, so. Hopefully, I mean, I would love to see, I think all of us agree that the Kingo would just be impressive to have him in there. Um, but, you know, the, the, the business was helping AAA get some sellouts to see uh, the Kingo go over Omega eventually down there. And if those are on fight or the other uh, platforms, I'd say let's all get it and watch it and enjoy it. Somebody explain this to me. When, when WWE fans go... Oh, 
all the AEW wrestlers and all the Ring of Honor wrestlers are, quote, just spot monkeys. How is it? How is it you have this awe and wonder for The Undertaker? You know, here's a guy who's playing a dead man who gets power from an urn, who's walked to the ring by a mortician, has a team of druids. Somehow that's credible, but but a luchador is not credible. I don't get it. It's like it's like selective, like uh, suspension of disbelief. You know. Yeah. If it yeah, wasn't spots, you wouldn't see the Undertaker doing topes and planches that he did towards the end of his career. The last 10, 12 years, it, was all, it all came from lucha and the well, stuff they brought to Japan and, and WCW, for example. And the, and the guys aren't just all spot monkeys. I think, unfortunately, young bucks sort of sort of you know uh, uh, get a lot of the heat for being you know the flippity flop type guys and and maybe not taking wrestling too seriously. But like when you have like uh, uh, Brian Danielson against Timothy Thatcher, and, and we're friends with uh, Mike and I are friends with Timothy Thatcher. That's a great match. I I don't care what era you're from. You watch those two guys in the ring, and you're watching two guys that really know what they're doing facing off against each other and telling a great story in the ring. You know, and 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 I, you know, if you can't appreciate that then don't just call everybody spot monkeys yeah. because what you're saying is you just, everything to you tastes like a Big Mac. Even though you, you people are presenting you, you know, filet mignons, you just go, well, it's beef and Big Macs are made out of beef. Therefore, you're serving me a Big Mac. No, there's differences in every fed. Hey, there's some bad people in, you know, and bad uh, matches in all the feds. Yeah. But, you know, but if you don't take the time out to appreciate when they are giving you good stuff, then it just means you don't watch wrestling. You're just taking it from the the the, the chop sheets on 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 the internet and the websites that just say everything sucks. Everything sucks. I mean, let me just quickly throw this in here: the 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 simple idea that you must pick one team. AEW or WWE, the other is your mortal enemy. Anybody that likes the other team is your mortal enemy. It's, it's just insane. I mean, if you watch Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes, those three matches, those were magnificent. Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn was great. You can't just say one is crap, the, the, the other is, is that's my home team and it's all wonderful. They both have flaws. They both, come on. It's Look like where these guys came from. Seth and Sammy, El Generico, they all came from Ring of Honor. Whatever you, so why can't you enjoy all of it? Why can't you enjoy the Young Bucks, but also Jonathan Gresham, who is one of the ultimate artists out there? Every match the guy has off the charts, whether it's with Jay Lethal or, you know, sad that Tony Khan you know, wanted to strap off him and they had that argument. Just can you imagine? Can you imagine Jonathan Gresham against Omega, for example? Even though Jonathan's a little shorter, I, I, that would be a clinic right there, for example. And there's a ton of guys he could have worked with in AEW. Well, treat it like a buffet and just watch what you like. Watch what you, you know, skip what you don't like. I don't I don't sit through three hours of Raw. You know, I watch WWE pay-per-views. You know, it's like you don't have to watch every hour of wrestling that's on TV. Be selective. Watch what's good, very good, great. Skip the rest. I mean, I tell you what's fun. MLW Tuesday nights on reels. They have two hours, and sure, you can maybe fast forward through Enzo, who's calling himself the one now. But you're going to miss some stuff, and you're going to miss Jacob Fatu and, and Hammersmith and some very cool stuff. And Raven is in there now. Scotty Levy. There's a lot of fun stuff right in that Fed. So yeah. There's so much wrestling every day. In fact, I want to ask Ryan, how do you juggle three hours of Raw Mondays, three hours of WWE on Sundays now on A&E, Tuesdays NXT, and then two hours also of MLW, Wednesdays AEW, and, and uh, Thursdays you've got two hours of Impact, one hour New Japan, Fridays two hours SmackDown, A, 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 AEW. And, and that's not even bringing in the streamers or when Dark Side of the Ring returns on Tuesday nights, which is going to be insane. So, Ryan, how do you budget your time but still get in everything? Are you only watching? Are you fast forwarding, taping? What are you doing? I hire a lot of people smarter than me. 
But no, I um, no, my I do have great people on the staff that do most of the recaps. I don't watch the whole shows. I'll be honest with you. We do we do summations of shows, and a lot of times what I'll do is I, I won't start Raw right at seven. If if I have to cover Raw that night for us, like I have been doing the last couple of weeks, I don't start watching at seven. I start recording at seven, but I let the first half of the show go because then I can skip through commercials or segments that I know I'm not going to write about or I'm not going to include in my story anyway because they're really irrelevant. There's a lot of filler stuff that doesn't – it could pass. You don't even have to talk about it, and it wouldn't be relevant really to the episode at all. Um, at the same time, you know, we have to pick and choose. Uh, can I cover every single NWA event at our website? No, we don't have the budget. If I could hire 20 people, yeah, I could, I could cover everything. So we have to cover the big boys first, obviously, which is sad. Because you, you don't want to play favorites like that, but you have to go to where the most interest is, and that's WWE, AEW, Impact, New Japan, and MLW. I mean, sadly, the NWA is just not really, it doesn't get a lot of attention. I thought it would a few years ago, but really, to be honest with you, as far as me personally, I do a lot of recording and I do a lot of late night watching where I can skip through stuff because... I, I'm I'm kind of like you guys. I don't want. I'm sorry. I have a family. I have a wife. I have I have four daughters. You know, I've, I'm a grandfather now. You know, I've got my dad lives a block away. I have family and friends. What's you know, more important, wrestling a family? Come on. Yeah, right. I mean, so yes. I I don't I don't want to sit there. In real invest, life. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to invest three hours to just sit there over something when I can let it basically let it ride, and then maybe about nine o'clock, I'll I'll tell my wife, you know, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to fire up the show and see what's going on or you know or even dynamite i'll usually watch all the way through because i am admittedly a big uh aw fan i've been pulling for them just because i just wanted a number two i wanted a second company out there i we needed that and whether they ever are whatever anybody thinks who's winning who's losing i don't care i just want there to be two companies because they need at least two Maybe three. If we could get a third one, I can. Yeah, there's loads. Start some love at NWA. Did, were you, at, you? You? I'm sure you were at the uh, the two day thing they had the the all women's pay per view in St. Louis and the. I was, yeah, the, I just wanted to visit. I didn't hang out for the show actually because I had to get back home. Um, but yeah, and actually was hoping to run into Jazz while I was up there, but I didn't get a chance to really talk to anybody. Um, uh, you know, I just I looking at right now like as far as when you were talking about the viewing schedule for me it's i mean it's mondays wednesdays and fridays for me but as as a staff obviously we have to be sensitive to everything some weeks we might not do anything with nxt some weeks you know we may not do anything with the nwa or japan but we are going to hit you know aew wwe and impact for sure all the way through and and then as much of MLW in Japan as we can. And and again, it's just one of those things with a, a small website, you know, I mean, we're not a massive company, so you have to kind of pick your battles, so to speak. Last thing very quickly, I don't think I've ever seen where both a male and female world champion in the modern era both had to not appear on the show same day, both got injured. They had to take the title off Josh Alexander and Impact. Mickey James is given X period of time before she may have to relinquish. But they both those two main events had to be scrapped last Friday's uh, Impact paper. Yeah. Still came out. I, I hate that because yeah. I love Josh. I think he's one of the really cool guys out there. Really great dude. I mean, the the good guy you see on TV is a, is a real life good guy. And let's be honest, he's one of the best champions we've seen come down the pike in a long time in terms of being just a pure all around wrestler, a wrestler's wrestler. Um, so, you know, I'm a fan of his as a person, I'm a fan of his as a performer. So, and, and he was so close, he, you know, he had the title for almost, I think he's just short of a year. I think this title reign, having to relinquish the title is going to make him just miss a one year anniversary as the champion. So that's unfortunate, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, whoever's next, I think it should be Trey Miguel, but you know, that's just my, that's another biased take. Somebody's getting arrested. Hmm. That's New York City for you. That's my uh, home base. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, while we've got a few minutes left, I want to find out what are you guys looking forward to at WrestleMania, if anything at all? Is there any match you guys are, are looking forward to seeing? Reigns and uh, Cody. That's the match. I mean, uh, the, the tag team should be good, but usually with the tag team, you got, you know, all kinds of screw jobs and 37 guys running in and out of the ring. I think Cody and um, and and uh, Reigns should be great. 
What are our predictions? I'm predicting Cody. Ev and the rest of you guys, what, who are you predicting? Reigns. Oh, Reigns. Okay. Hmm. I think that they're going to... I think they're gonna give it to Cody because he's they they want to start building him up bigger, and I think a title run with him would be something that you know uh, uh, they want to see how marketable he's gonna be. They keep doing Reigns as champion nine hundred ninety two days, nine hundred ninety three days. I don't. I think they're so hung up on that stuff. I, I I think he's gonna keep it, even if he barely wrestles. But if Cody I, I, loses that whole story, the family story, and all that. Kind of goes down to two. Who's the next pay per view? What do you think, Ryan? I, I think I think that it's got to be Cody. I mean, you, uh, they passed up the Sammy story to get to this one. You've got to cash in here, right? I mean, I, I think that, that they, as much as they've invested in it, they've got to go ahead and pull the trigger with Cody here. I think it's him. Reigns is Vince's boy. Well, well, I mean, he'll still be a public guy. But sort of like the the mob where they they. Spent what a little over two years on building up the bloodline. They could spend two years on its tumult, its fall from grace. I guess. Sure. I guess, yeah. I guess we'll see next weekend. I mean, the yeah. funnest thing when you watch the bloodline stuff, I hone in on on Paul Heyman's facial expressions and what he's doing. Is he looking creepily at Roman Reigns' entirety without taking his eyes off him? Paul Heyman not only booked all of this. But his acting has been five star. Every every little facial tick, anything he does, uh, besides what comes out of his mouth, has just been out of this world, incredible stuff. And I yeah. personally, I know that this is is not in the minority of the opinions. But I actually like the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. I do. I know everybody else hates it, but I, I it's so I, horrible. It's not, even, it's not even part of WrestleMania. They're just throwing it on SmackDown. Like, I know. I just I just feel like. Like there's a certain something to like knowing what who the real bottom echelon of the WWE is, and like especially when you get eliminated quick. From you want to see good battle royals for you know battle royals. Sadly, it's not like LA and San Francisco '70s, but AEW has done. They did a lot of tag team battle royals and single battle royals since their inception. They've managed to keep my interest where I kind of fall asleep during the WWE ones. They should call the WWE one the neutered Battle Royale, where you have guys like the Good Brothers and Gargano and, and now Bobby Lashley, who, who were once worthy of being on top of cards. It is. It's like the Elephant's Graveyard. SmackDown. The opponent is nowhere to be seen. Bray Wyatt, where the hell is he? Before we go, Ryan, where the hell is Bray Wyatt? What's going on? Uh, well, no one's really sure, but actually my column this uh, that drops – probably right now as we're recording um, uh, this week, the power of the pen. It's a dear John letter to Bray Wyatt. It's entitled dear Bray. And it's a breakup from the WWE universe because we've tried this relationship over and over again. And it just doesn't seem to work. <laughs> Can I just say something quickly about Bray Wyatt? I do not go to a lot of WWE cards, but by sheer coincidence, I saw Bray Wyatt headline at the garden against Cena on one card reigns on another card. The guy was tremendous. The place was packed. The matches were great. Then he shows up like a, a couple of months later. He's in the opening match. I mean, I don't know how they messed this guy up, you know? I, and I, I don't get it. When he was teaming with Matt Hardy, that was really embarrassing. It was awful. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. You, you're in a main event. The place is packed. Top dollar for tickets. Next thing you know, he's in the opening match. It, it didn't even make sense to me. Then all of a sudden he's the fiend, which is like a cartoon. And, and this last go round, he hasn't even wrestled basically in like six months, except for that disaster with L.A. Knight, which was which was a cartoon. I mean, how do you devalue a guy that deeply? I mean, the, the guy was on top. Now he's just a warm body, and he he's, he he's not even there now. So they killed like, this guy. Ronda Rousey main eventing for the first time is a woman with the other two female athletes. And now she's in the throwaway tag battle or tag four way. But she's on the bad list now too. I would. Yeah, I don't think she's long for the WWE. I, I think she's going to, you know, disappear probably after WrestleMania. And we probably won't hear from her again. They have a good list. They have a bad list. And, uh, you know, it comes from the top, and God forbid you get put on that bad list. John, Johnny Gargano's jobbing out to everybody now. How great is that guy? Come on. He could, 
easily made it. Brian, we better let you, before we go, plug anything and everything. Oh, just check us out at realwrestling.net. Check out my columns on Sundays, The Power of the Pin. And we also have special features throughout the week. Um, I'm also, I, I cover the NFL and Major League Baseball, uh, Last Word on Sports and Bounding into Sports. And you can just follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Ryan K. Bowman. Just like, uh, just like it sounds, Ryan, the initial K, and Bowman. No and W. Guys, I'll remember that. I'll, What's that? I'll, no W. I'll remember yeah, that. No w. no w in the last name, even though the post office doesn't seem to be able to figure that out. For 48 years now, they've delivered my mail wrong. So, um, But B-O-M-A-N, yes, Ryan K. Bowman. And um, just everybody, please check it out. If you like it, stick around, support it all that good stuff. I'm, uh, I, I'm always happy to uh, take feedback from readers and, and stuff. So email me, twi- tweet me, message me, do whatever. That's fine. I always like talking to the fans. And uh, can I do a quick plug? Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. No, um, no, we don't want to hear. Yeah. We're going yeah. to stop. The show um, right now. I just, no, I just no. learned, I just learned that the uh, wrestling then and now documentary, which we did over 20 years ago on pennies, um, I have so many late friends in that movie, Killer Kowalski, Nikolai Volkov, Don Dr. Death Arnold, etc. Tiger Khan. Tiger Khan. You know, everybody's gone in that movie 20 years later. Wrestling's a tough business. So anyway, um, you can see that absolutely free on Tubi and Plex, and uh, we're happy it's back out there. It honors some late friends and... Uh, we actually uh, visited Nikolai Volkov and his manager, Nikita Brezhnikov, and we're just sitting in their home, just, you know, bullshitting with them. It's, uh, you know, it brings back a lot of great memories. I'm, I'm happy it's out there, you know. Don't expect the wrestler or 350 days. We, we shot it on nothing, but, you know, it's from the heart. It's from the heart. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. And uh, um, I have a book coming out later this year. Um, wrestling rings blackboards and movie sets and uh it's a hundred stories based on my various careers and uh i'm dedicating the book to lanny poffo dear friend uh, i met lanny poffo at mike lano's sam muchner convention 30 years ago that's when i met lanny we were friends ever since so um yeah we got a hundred stories and about 30 of them are on friends who are gone. Wrestling wrestling is not for longevity. Oh, my God. It, right, Ryan? It's a tough business. You were talking about all the friends you lost earlier in the interview. Mm. Yeah, it's so um, funny. I, 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 was, I was thinking about, um, you know, when you were saying that, I, I had one of the last interviews, or probably the last interview, Del Wilkes, the Patriot, did was with me. I, I did. He he um, we did an interview on June 28th. He died two days later on June 30th. And it was on my birthday when he passed. Now, the funny thing is, Dell and I had been friends for a long time and had, had a falling out. And we had just reconnected right when I did the story with him right at the end. So it was it was one of those things that you that's another thing I'll always tell anybody in, in pro wrestling. Don't burn bridges with the folks that you I mean, if it was fifty dollars from 50 years ago, don't worry about it, you know, because you you'll look up one day and realize there's a lot of people in the wrestling business that just passed so young and they're gone before yeah. you have the chance to say anything to them. You know, I'm so glad Dell and I got a chance to talk again because when I called him at first, he answered the phone. He still had my number and he goes, I didn't think you'd want to talk to me. And I was like, man, you know, we kind of just kind of hashed out a few things and then it was, and it was over something stupid, you know? So I'm, I'm just glad that we reconnected. So when you brought that up, that was the first person that popped in my head when you brought up about losing people that we've known. So, well, well, thanks so much for being on the show again, Ryan. We love having oh, you, thank you as guys. a guest. You're very honored. Great. I'm very honored to have your presence. And Evan, uh, always fine, great man. to bring you back, you know, um, have you uh, vent as you yeah, say. Yeah, I'm glad to have this hour of uh, psychotherapy where I can vent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with everything wrestling, as you could see. So, uh, sure. All right. Well, um, we'll have you both on again soon, and uh, you know, as 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 uh, as situations warrant. And thanks for being available again. And and hope you guys enjoy whatever you do watch from WrestleMania if you are gonna have a party or something like that. So we'll see everyone again soon. Goodbye, everyone. What flippy do, folks? Flippy do. What they could say? Yes.